Hello, Flypaniacs. Welcome back to Flyperbole. This is Steve Jaco. First time, long time. I know it's been a while since I recorded a dang podcast, but I'm back and we are here. Lots of hockey stuff to talk about. I am joined by the wonderful Maddie Campbell tonight. Maddie, how are you? Just lovely. Just lovely. I mean, I can't breathe. My sinuses are awful, but <laughs> it's like the worst summer weather I can remember. But, you know, doing great besides that. Everything is wonderful. It's just like scorching hot and humid every day. <laughs> like, it, I'm just not eager to leave my house. Like, I, I go back to my office, presumably in the fall, in September, and I'm just not having any of it. I, I, I haven't left the house this week because there's no reason to leave the house right now. <laughs> Yeah, if you can avoid it in this weather, just absolutely do not go outside. No need for it. Do not put yourself through that. No. I, I just need those, like, Futurama, like, hamster tubes that'll take me to and from places, and I'm good. Or just a giant hamster ball to go outside in. Come on, science. I'm just putting the entirety of science on blast for this. I mean, somebody's gotta pick it up. Surely Somebody. someone can handle it. Surely there is someone to handle this problem out there. Well, the good news is for podcasting purposes, hockey stuff is happening. It is right here next week, a bunch of hockey stuff. And it's nice to have something to talk about. I mean, there's been the playoffs, the Tampa Bay Lightning won their second cup or their their third, I believe. But, you know, back to back cups. And we'll talk about that. But who really wanted to talk about other teams playing hockey? I didn't. I didn't want to do that shit. No. Just no. It's just bad. Nobody wants that. But next week, lots of Flyers-related content coming up. Expansion draft, entry draft, all the hockey news you can think of is, is coming up. Trades and things, all of the rumors. Everybody just woke up and decided it's time to go to work. <laughs> That's, it's like a hockey coma. Just everybody came out and said, you know, what? let's get to work. Let's do some stuff. Finally. Finally. I'm loving the rumors right now, by the way. There are rumors every day about everybody, and it's getting better every day. Like, I, I feel like it's like a new contender has joined the battle. Like, a new name will pop up. I think uh, Brock Besser popped up today. It's like, oh, that's that's a spicy name. What's going on there? Yeah, it is an excellent time for content. And I know Charlie's been saying this, like, this is going to be a summer of, wow, a lot more guys are going to be available than you think right now and suddenly it's happening oh wow yeah you know charlie's been busy too because he laid out he didn't believe me when i put this in the slack but i was like charlie that is an intense list of free agents the flyers should not sign you put together he put together a lot a list of 109 players i don't can i name 109 hockey players off the top of my head i probably could but it would take me a bit yeah it's a it's a real labor there <laughs> you know charlie's doing the lord's work over there Truly. Truly. Well, 
I know we've been doing a ton of work on Broad Street Hockey. Not me, but everybody else. I, I'm just sitting back, relaxing, drinking pina coladas and not thinking about hockey. But I have to think about hockey again. We're here. We have to. <laughs> yes. Wake me up. Brew me a fresh pot of coffee. Let's talk about Let's talk about this expansion draft. Let's talk about the entry-level draft. I guess first we should talk about the Stanley Cup final. I guess we have to. A back-to-back Stanley Cup, pair of Stanley Cup victories for the Tampa Bay Lightning. And congrats, I guess, to them. And I, you know, I, I can't possibly feel happy for this team. I mean, I know it's been talked about ad nauseum how they were a billion dollars over the salary cap or whatever, but it's not exactly the best thing to see, but Hey, they cheated the system. They did well, regardless, a very talented hockey team that they, they deserve to win the cup and they've been through a lot of crap and it's nice to see a good team get rewarded, but you also don't care. (laughs) I don't know. I think I can be happy enough for, uh, for them, for the both of us. I like Tampa. I think they're fun. I'm happy to see them win. Um, yeah, I, I just think things are going to get uh, gonna get dicey for them probably very soon. Um, just with how they're actually going to have to work within the cap. Uh, and yeah, I think they should get the most out of this core while they still can. So um, I'm all for it. Yeah, I mean, they are talented and... That's the thing, right? Like you want the talented teams to show up and win and actually be rewarded for it because let's say the Islanders had won the cup and thankfully that was not the case. Like then you'd have teams out there trying to copycat the or the Islanders and nobody wants that. No, that's my literal worst nightmare. <laughs> Just an atrocity, an absolute atrocity. I have to say like the Tampa Bay Lightning guys are they're going hog wild. Like they are going insane with this cup. Like they're actually going crazier for the second of the back-to-backs than the first one. And it's, it's kind of amazing. Yeah. I could not love it more for them. Like it's a shame that they didn't get to fully celebrate last year. I mean, obviously we understand why that was the case, but you know, they, uh, they, they get to go for it this time around and, actually have their families there to celebrate and yeah i respect it i respect it too and they are going for it like kucherov at that post-game press conference shirtless just swigging down bud lights i mean that was honestly pretty stunning just like going on rants drunk rants like a buddy would go on you know, I got to give props. Like, I've never seen a press conference quite that boozy. No, that was just outstanding content. And I need 100% more of that, to be completely honest. I know some people were not a huge fan of that I was seeing on Twitter, but, like, I thought it was so fun. Wrestling heel stuff where he's calling out, like, Montreal fans and just, like, like oh, you're acting like they won the cup after one win. Like... It's funny that he didn't lay the heel stuff on between games. He did that after they won. So they're really going to hate him next year. And I'm, I'm here for it. I can't wait. And I just, I, I can't believe they're out Ovechkining Ovechkin. Like Ovechkin went insane with a couple, couple years back. Like he showed up, I think at every place in Washington, you could think of with the Stanley cup. 
And the Tampa Bay Lightning have had it for what, like two weeks, and they've already dented the Stanley Cup. Yeah, I fully did not think it was possible for anybody to outdo Washington that year. Like everybody drunk, swimming in fountains and shit. Like this is just a whole new level, though. It's it's insane. It they dented the cup. I mean, I'm I'm almost outraged, but not really because I know they're gonna fix it and it'll be fine. And I'm sure it's been dented before, like. If the guys in the 70s didn't dent the cup or the 80s, like, come on. I'm sure it happened. It just wasn't documented back then. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I do think the best part of that in sort of a sick way is that it has to go to Montreal to get fixed. Oh, that's just that's perfect. (laughs) It couldn't be more perfect. (laughs) I hope they have a parade just to watch it come in and they just mourn and cry. They're all wearing black veils. (laughs) Just really lean in. Just really lean into it. Go big or go home. I, well, I guess they're going home. They're they're at home. <laughs> I I do feel bad for them, though. Like, Canada's waited so long. They've wanted this so badly to get back into the Stanley Cup. And to just lose like this. They were outmatched. Let's not kid ourselves there. But to lose like this, eh, well, that sucks. Yeah, it does. And I don't know if I was like totally down with the idea of Montreal being the ones to bring the cup back to Canada and all that, but it, it, it still does suck. I do feel for them. Yeah. I mean, I, I still think you got a couple years before a team's properly going to do that. It was a hell of a run for the Canadians, but I don't know. They barely got by the Maple Leafs. I, I don't know what the hell happened in that Jets series. The Jets just kind of were like, Oh, we made it to the second round. Cool. And that was it. Yeah. Like, the Oilers just have to be so bad. Like, that Jets team is just not that good. <laughs> and the Oilers got smoked by them. It was terrible. Oh, insane. Like, I, Connor McDavid just every day looks at that contract and goes, I made a decision to stay here forever. That sure was a choice, buddy. It was a, just a stellar choice right there. But p- poor Canada. It might still be a bit before you see a Stanley Cup champion, especially because... You're no longer going to have that Canadian division that teams can go a couple rounds in. There's you're just going to be stuck with, I don't know, Toronto having to unfortunately play Boston or Tampa Bay in the first round. And, well, you know, that's the way the cookie crumbles, I guess. Womp womp. <laughs> well, I guess, I, I who even knows? But uh, congrats to Tampa and... Well, let's see how they dismantle the team this year. This flat cap is really just kind of screwing everybody up right now. And I love it. It's just causing pure chaos across the NHL. Oh, it's so good. Like, it does hurt my brain a little bit whenever I try to do the mental gymnastics on how everybody's going to make it work. But if you can kind of just sit back and consume the content, it's outstanding. It's almost nice to be in the Flyers position. Almost nice. You know, I'm not going to kid myself and say that the the Flyers are in a great position. But compared to some teams, like, they really don't have to do a ton to improve their team. Like, they have to move a couple pieces. Don't get me wrong. But you can envision it in, like, two or three moves. Some teams, like, what? It's like a whole chessboard. It's like, okay... You just get, like, the Queen's Gambit, like, chessboard on the ceiling in your head, and you're like, all right, if I make these 14 moves, I can keep the Tampa Bay Lightning within the NHL salary cap. Yeah, it uh, it definitely does feel like it's within reach, but at the same time, 
I don't know. Are you feeling super confident that they're going to pull it off this, this oh, no. season? Because I'm not. <laughs> no, not at all. I haven't felt super confident in the Flyers since the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Like, I haven't felt super confident in the Flyers in a, a very long time at this point. I'm just kind of along for the ride right now. I, <laughs> I don't get that mad at them for for losing anymore i'm just kind of like well that's that's our flyers what it you know that's just who we root for that's who plays hockey and we watch and they make us very mad sometimes but i try not to get too mad because then my blood pressure gets high nobody wants that but it it's funny to see like okay so with the flyers it's like okay so they have to work out some sort of deal with the kraken and they hopefully will get one of their big contracts taken out of there and i think a lot of us are hoping that voracek is the guy there's all those rumors about jake voracek being a guy that they're looking to ship out of here. And I, I really like how Chuck tried to sidestep that the upper other day. I was like, Oh, you know, it's a Jake knows he's got a challenge ahead of us. Like just, just very bullshitty. Like, yeah, the whole thing definitely felt very like, I don't even know the right word for it. Like almost corporate speak. We're doing the sort of company line thing, saying things without, actually saying anything well it was, it was a very bizarre press conference in that regard that they called the other day because it was very corporate it was very like the flyers may or may not make moves the flyers may or may not contend thanks okay cool yeah and it's <laughs> i liked um the one question they got about if there there was a specific position they were gonna be focusing on in the draft and flair was like yeah i mean you know there's a lot of good forwards at the the top of this draft class a lot of good defensemen there's some goalies too so we'll see what happens like thanks buddy that's all of the positions you know what position i like a guy in the hockey position a hockey player if you will stellar just good stuff guys just good stuff at this point just circling back to voracek here how likely do you think it is that Jake Voracek gets moved out this offseason? Um, uh, I would feel comfortable putting it at like a 60%, but that also feels like a shot in the dark. I, um, I don't know that he's necessarily going to end up being the one going to Seattle. It feels kind of equally likely that there's another trade to somewhere else that ends mm. up taking him away but yeah I, I don't feel super confident that he would be the one going to seattle but do you think he honest. gets moved period yeah it i i feel more more yes than no but okay like i said so the, the definition of 60 percent more yes yeah. than no yeah i i don't feel super confident about anything <laughs> in this off season to be completely honest so that's about as good as we're gonna get Gang, just to translate that into Guy Fieri terms for you, that that is a uh, you're on the road to Flavortown, but you need a lot more donkey sauce to to make it all the way in the the classic Guy Fieri scale that people listen to this program for. That's exactly right. Could not have put it better myself. <laughs> Could, couldn't have put it better. I, it's just like it's such a shame sometimes with Jake because obviously he's still one of the best producers on this team, one of the team's top point scorers last year, but he's just so hilariously inconsistent and it drives people just nuts 
I, you know, Philly fans are just, they notoriously will get on guys that they don't see quote. I've got quote marks up showing effort. Like if they don't see a given a hundred percent on every play, which nobody can possibly give a hundred percent on every play, but I guess there's just some of the body language Jake uses or whatever. It's just a, a, a guy that people will zero in on and single out as a problem with this team. Yeah, I definitely uh, has made himself an easy target there and you know, mostly unfairly, but yeah, you do kind of hit a certain point where with that contract, if you're not playing pretty close to lights out, like most of the time, uh, that's that's going to be a problem. At least just from a cap management standpoint. Oh, for sure. And at least with Claude Giroux, who's got a very similar contract, like he's a guy that if people give Claude Giroux a lot of shit, you know, we all know that people will give him a lot of shit. He is the captain and that C attracts a lot of heat. But Claude, you know, he at least plays good defense. He is at least a guy who I think he shows his passion out there on every play. I don't think you see him coasting a lot. He never really seems like he doesn't care. I would say I've never seen that out of Claude Giroux. He never seems apathetic. Whereas, you know, people can definitely argue that with Voracek. But it, it just sucks that one of the best point producers on this team is the guy that I think pretty much the consensus of the fan base can agree has to go. Yeah, it's uh, definitely put management in a tough spot, that's for sure. I don't even know what I would do as management here. I mean, yeah. I guess I, I would be looking to move him, but it, it's also a thing like what's the perception outside of Philadelphia on him? Like, that's something I can't really answer. I don't know if you've heard anything in that regard. Yeah, uh, not too precisely. But and yeah, like the other thing, too, is. Without wading too deeply into this whole situation is you know for as long as we've been talking about the mix might not be right with this team he's also one of the longest tenured players in this group so that's that's another thing that they have to think about oh yeah and what are we on a pretty much a decade almost at this point of people complaining about the mix on this team and Wayne Simmons isn't here anymore. Braden Shen's not here. Kimo Timonen, you know, all those big guys from the mix are gone except for Claude Giroux and Jake Voracek. And I don't think you're moving Claude Giroux out if you have a choice. So, you know, Jake is pretty much the guy at this point. It's like where Braden Shen was when they traded Braden Shen away. You really wanted to trade a guy from the core. Braden Shen seemed like the obvious guy. Braden Shen was the guy that was traded. Yeah, and you're just sort of running out of obvious guys at this point. It's uh, not great. Yeah, well, and they're just not a team. But the problem is the Flyers are just not a team you can blow up either. You can blow them up, but I think you are going to be rebuilding for quite a while with that. And, you know, I know Ed Snyder's not around anymore, and I know Comcast Xfinity is not exactly the, the most vocal leadership up there, but I don't think they're going to stand for a rebuild and seeing a half empty Wells Fargo center. Like, unfortunately part of the draw of having, and I'm by the way, I am in no way saying this is a purposely mediocre team. I, I don't think that at all. And I think 
that's an insane argument. <laughs> People used to argue that with the Eagles, where they used to say, well, they just want the Eagles to be just good enough to make the playoffs and make some money, and that's it. They don't want to win a championship. It's insane. Nobody doesn't want to win a championship, except for maybe the Ottawa Senators and Eugene Melnick. <laughs> yeah, that's it's just fully insane. It's insane. Like, they obviously want to, but I don't think they... I mean, there's a reason that Ron Hextall didn't blow up the team completely and rebuild from scratch, because he could have there. And I think you would have had a justifiable argument, but the thing is, they, they don't want that empty building. They don't want the Sixers process feeling going on for the Flyers for years at a time. Yeah, and I feel like... Like, a rebuild is a much longer process than... I think a lot of the people calling for it want to admit, you know, it's not like you blow it up and two years down the line, you can suddenly pull it all together again. It's not, it's not like that. Well, yeah, it worked for the Sixers because basketball, you really need two to three difference makers and you're golden. Whereas with hockey, it is such a process. You really need to just build a strong foundation throughout and, God, the, this is where it's frustrating as a Flyers fan, as a, a Flyers podcaster, Flyers blogger. It, it's watching this team be pretty good for many years at this point. A 500, sometimes a little bit over 500 team that has a lot of good pieces, but just isn't quite there. So I, I am interested to see what Fletcher can do to... to really mess with this mix this offseason just given all the rumors out there so the real one of the big balls that got rolling recently was minnesota made a bold move by buying out zach parise and ryan Suter, and that's a bold freaking move they made there because the cap recapture on that buyout in i think next season and a couple seasons after that is crazy high and that it, they must really be swinging for the fences this offseason or have a target because I would not want to deal with those cap gymnastics in a year or two. Yeah, it's the more I think about it, the more sort of baffling it feels like they really did torpedo themselves a couple years down the line. And I don't know, maybe you just want to get out of those contracts real, real bad, but like that bad. I don't know. I did see something that this was like the last chance where it really made sense for them to do that or something, but I just don't know if it really was the time to do that and to have to deal with those cap recapture penalties. I'm trying to pull it up now. And but... both? Like, did you need to do both? <laughs> right. Right. I mean, Parise, I get. Parise makes perfect sense. I mean, he's, you can definitely see him starting to get a little worse each year to really start to feel his age. And he's still a, a decent, well, maybe not this past season, but the season before that, he was a pretty decent, like, third, fourth line guy. But then he saw himself getting scratched in the playoffs, and, you know, that sucked. But Suter was just good this past couple of years, and uh, I think that one was a legitimate surprise. Yeah, definitely. So this buyout, I've got the numbers up now. So in 21-22, 2,371,794 for the cap hit. 
And then in 22-23, 6.3 million. 23-24, million. And 24-25, 7.3 million. And Ugh. that's for both guys. They have the same contract. Yeah, that, that's not good. That's real not good. Which, it was adorable when they signed the same contract on the same day at the same place. Aw, they're going to be <laughs> together forever. But now, now it just sucks for Minnesota. I mean, you're seeing some of these huge contracts from a few years ago really start to bite teams in the ass like montreal is going to be seeing that with shea weber soon because shea weber apparently might not play anytime soon whoever could have predicted this what kind of maniac would have ever signed shea weber to a deal like that (laughs) i don't know man (laughs) paul holmgren the nhl just wishes they had a crazy paul holmgren out there calling the shots to make crazy deals like this and really screwing teams up down the line. Like, did we figure out if if Weber retires, if that still screws over the Nashville Predators? I'm not 100% sure, but I think yes. <laughs> Paul Holmgren, what a legend. And I don't necessarily mean that in a good way, but <laughs> yeah. he was a legend. I just want to point to this anytime we get that sort of hindsight bias situation on Twitter. Like, man, I really wish we could go back to Homer and just doing all of the moves. Like, really? This is what we want? We want that? I mean, half of Ron Hextall's tenure was just getting rid of those contracts. Yeah. Vinny Cavalier was making four plus million a year. To play hockey like he was playing hockey. Just excellent stuff, gang. Excellent stuff. And look, again, I am fully aware of Ron Hextall's flaws, and I am fully prepared for him to just annoy the shit out of us with the Pittsburgh Penguins for the foreseeable future. And look, I know he's going to be number one, but there were a couple decent things he did and a lot of crazy things Paul Holmgren did. And we are where we are. I don't, I, I don't know what's changing it at this point. Hopefully Chuck can figure some stuff out. Chucky two trades, working his two trade magic. <laughs> the biggest name of the offseason so far, at least the Flyers offseason, has been Seth Jones. Uh, obviously would fit a need for the Flyers, right-handed defenseman, right-side defenseman. Young can has a lot of the physical attributes you're looking for, but the problem is any team that signs him would really want that contract ext- extension done in advance. And apparently the Flyers are just not really on the board anymore because they can't get that guaranteed in advance. Yeah, and honestly, I'm fine with that. I know personally, I just really was not comfortable with them paying whatever premium cost it was going to take to acquire him if he was just going to end up being a rental. So I, if if they're out because he doesn't, want to or wouldn't want to sign an extension in philly i'm fine with that yeah and i think seth jones i mean number one there were conflicting reports on just not reports but i think conflicting analysis of just how good he is at this point and not only would there be a huge cost to trade for him but also the cost to re-sign him like you're gonna get a pretty premium cap hit to sign him long term yeah, it's just, I, he's still a good player. I'm not trying to say that he's not, but there's there's a lot of 
different kind of gambles going on there. And uh, I think if we've seen anything so far, it's that Fletcher is nothing if not a little bit risk averse, to put it gently. <laughs> it, it all kind of makes sense. Yeah, I think that's putting it very gently and very nicely. Risk averse. Like, he just doesn't want to rock the boat too much. I get it, Chuck. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the good thing is, we obviously know the Chicago Blackhawks are getting Seth Jones now because they acquired his brother for Duncan Keith. And as we in Philadelphia are painfully aware, brothers got to play together. Oh, yeah. That's that's in the CBA or something, right? Like, that's in writing. <laughs> Agreed it's right upon. there under the retirement cap recapture. <laughs> I don't know. That's just facts, baby. It's just facts. If you get one Shen, you got to get the other to make him play better. <laughs> Simply I still can't believe that actually happened. The Flyers acquired Luke Shen because his brother was here and also he's a right-handed defenseman, but it couldn't, you know, skate or shoot or anything. But yeah, it does feel like a weird fever dream, right? <laughs> like, to think that we traded in his prime James Van Riemsdyk for, for Luke Shen. It's an actual thing that happened. Just unreal. It is unreal. So, on the JVR note, at this point, we're coming right on up to the expansion draft. And JVR is one of the guys that's been talked about pretty frequently as a potential guy going back to Seattle at this point, what do you think the odds are of JVR going to Seattle and in general, like who do you think that Seattle might be targeting from the flyers? If I had to guess, I think JVR is going to be the guy. Yeah. I mean, like looking at the list of the other likely or relatively likely, uh, picks i like Voracek is a maybe but there's like the inconsistency there is a risk um goss despair is interesting but you know he did pass through waivers earlier this year so oh yeah i for me it just jvr seems like the most likely candidate here coming off a great year and just a solid locker room guy. You know, he, he shows up on a lot of the leadership uh, commissions and such. Like, I remember during the bubble, you saw his name mentioned a lot. Yeah, super nice guy. I think quite involved with the players union and everything. So uh, I I would be sad to see him go personally, but I, you know, I understand. Oh, same. And it's a shame that it would be a beneficial move for the team. Because I really wanted him to work out here. I was very excited to see him come back. As you may have detected from my note earlier, and I know longtime listeners will be very aware of how I feel about that move. I thought it was a crime he ever got traded from here in the first place. Because, I mean, the guy can score goals. The guy is a great offensive player. He might not do everything, but he's a great offensive player. And he just seems like a solid guy. And I... I was just furious about that whole trade in the first place. And I thought this was the time to redeem that and to really have him win with the team and, you know, be back in his general region that he called home when he was a child, just be back in the general vicinity. Uh, not that going to Seattle is any punishment because Seattle's a lovely place from what I hear, but it's, it just, it would suck. And especially because he's one of the more likable guys on this team, one of the top point scorers on the team last year. And, 
I mean, the main reason that this team was a a force early in the season to be uh, reckoned with, uh, not so much in the second half of the season, as we are all painfully aware. Yeah, and I mean, who knows? Maybe the Flyers are able to work out some kind of side deal where Seattle will take Voracek, but um, if I'm Seattle, I'm I'm looking at this list, and JVR does feel like the kind of natural choice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's... It's just going to be interesting. You never know what's going to happen. I I still can't believe Vegas was able to work out a cup contender off of the expansion draft. And I, I still don't really understand how that mix of players really did it. Like, they've made some really smart moves since then that I totally get. Like, Max Pacioretty and Mark Stone. Like, some great moves. Obviously, Petrangelo has been fantastic for them. But, like, that first team, man, it just bewildered me completely complete enigma yeah i mean all all the credit in the world to them for being able to predict what mix was going to be right even without having this sort of top end talent that a lot of the the teams they're playing against had but yeah also you know might have been witchcraft or something what do i know (laughs) could have been witchcraft you never know i don't know what they're doing out there how does how does hockey even work? Nobody knows. <laughs> a mystery. Now, if you're the Flyers for this expansion draft, who are you focused in on protecting as far as the the younger players go? Some of these are givens, like obviously Provorov. You have to protect Giroux. You have to protect Hayes. It, you know, I don't think Farabee's on the table, so you don't have to worry about him. There are some no-brainers here as far as protections go, but there's some guys that are certainly on the bubble uh, at the bottom of the lineup that, you know, there's bigger questions surrounding. Yeah, um, that's going to be a tough one. I I can just see the frown on your face, even though there's no camera on. I can just picture it. Yeah, it's it's like a half frown, half grimace. So TK is an obvious one, right? Travis Konechny has to be, you'd be insane not to. Yeah, that's... And Couturier. Yeah. You're definitely not. As much as you might be a little bit frustrated with Konechny's season, and to be clear, I don't think that he had a poor season. It was just a little bit weird at times. Um, I think he was a little under the radar, you know? Like, he wasn't quite as noticeable as he's been in past years. Yeah. But, you know, that's... It is what it is. It was a weird year and he had COVID. I think at the end of the day, he's just not a guy that you're going to be giving away for free. So that that feels like a pretty obvious one as well. Um, This isn't even a hockey team without Sean Couturier. I don't even think like they get relegated without Sean Couturier. They have to play in like the IHL or something. Yeah, absolutely. And then so, you know, the defense is pretty straightforward. Provorov. Sanheim, Myers, or they all seem pretty obvious. I know some people are not big fan of Myers. I like Myers a lot. I think it'd be really stupid. Actually, I keep hearing Myers' name mentioned in pretty much every trade package that comes up. <laughs> yeah, definitely does seem to be the uh, the hot topic there. So really, that leaves you with like two forward spots that you really have to to figure out, right? I guess three because it's. Is it seven forwards? Yeah. Yeah. So 
I think is Scott Lawton a no-brainer at this point? Yeah, I think he has to be with them extending him, and they've made it pretty clear that they see him as still part of the long-term picture for this team. So uh, that feels like a pretty pretty clear yes on him. I guess. I guess. I mean, it's it, that's where I always come down on Scott Lawton. Where I like Scott Lawton a lot, but it's never like a must-have on this team. Yeah. And then Oscar Lindblom. I mean, I'd feel pretty shitty about, you know, if they let Oscar Lindblom go. Yeah, I I think that would be... I know I was just saying that I would be pretty bummed to see JVR go, but I, I would be real, real upset to see Lindblom take in there. So that's six forwards. So that leaves you with one more protection spot, if my math is correct. And if it's not, everybody can boo and jeer me in the street or at the upcoming draft party at Bullies coming up next week. What a pro setup there. <laughs> I didn't even intend for it. I was just talking about this. That's just what pros do. That's what heroes do. Real pros pro. Yeah. <laughs> but that leaves you with one more spot. And they wouldn't be protecting JVR at this point. I'd be shocked if they did. That would be kind of nutty compared to everything you've heard. And I'd be very shocked if it was Voracek based on the, you know, they're basically calling people and saying, will you take this bearded hockey player from us, please? <laughs> I, but it wouldn't be Nolan Patrick, right? Or would it? Uh, I mean, it's kind of got to be, right? Just by the numbers. Um, like, personally, I would not be devastated to see him exposed. Um, I think we've been hearing rumors for a lot of the season that he's a guy that they've been at least entertaining the idea of moving. And I think that's heated up a bit. Uh, down the stretch but yeah I I do think that even just purely from an optics standpoint uh, he might not be one that they would be comfortable exposing right I I just maybe it comes down to a pride point at this point he was our second overall pick we gotta do something with him and just give him away yeah you know, he's like, I think he's, for a lot of fans, he's one of the number one, like, trade-away targets just because it feels like he needs a fresh start. It feels like the Flyers need to move on. And I know we've both been fired repeatedly from Steph while she's listening to this, and I don't apologize for this, Steph. Sorry, not sorry. But it's it feels like that. It just feels like he needs a fresh start somewhere. Why not the Seattle Kraken? Come on. Yeah, I mean... I certainly wouldn't hate it. Um, yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. It's just we've gotten to this point where it, it doesn't really seem to be working here. And who knows at this point like what his sort of true upside is, what he's going to develop into. It just it doesn't seem to be working here. And at a certain point, you do have to cut your losses feels a little bit too strong. But, you know, <laughs> fresh start somewhere. Well, it, it- it's one of those things where, given his age, you could make an argument that it's not there yet, but, like, it definitely feels like he's been here 45 years and hasn't done anything. Maybe 45 games all overall. But... Yeah, but on the flip side, you know, I think there's an easy sell there for teams around the league for 
picking him up as some kind of reclamation project. Oh, for sure. Second overall pick. Come on. Who doesn't want to try that? Easy pickup. Come on, gang. Soft hands on this guy. Soft hands. Can pass with the best of them when he's <laughs> feeling like it. <laughs> this is not to insinuate that sometimes Nolan Patrick feels like playing hockey and sometimes he doesn't, but maybe I insinuate that. I didn't mean to. Don't don't be. I can't say don't beat me up, Nolan, because I... Now, how am I getting it, it? Have I been hanging out with Bill Matz too much where... I'm starting to dunk on this guy for being soft. Come on, what, this isn't like me. What's going on here? I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> when you're right, you're right. When you're right, you're right. I'm looking at this list, though. I can't really see anybody else that I desperately want to protect. Like, you could make a case for Nicholas Abe-Kubel. I know all of our listeners in the NAKGB would firmly throw their weight behind protecting him, but he's such a, like... I don't know. He seemed like a pretty, not like the most special hockey player, but like a pretty good bottom six guy the other season. But then last season, man, I didn't even know he was on the team for the most part. Yeah, I, I definitely, definitely feel that. And I was a huge fan of him when he was with the Phantoms. And I was so excited when he finally got his chance with the Flyers. And I'm a big fan there, but after last season, I I don't know how you <clears throat> would justify protecting him. And I hope he rebounds. I have a feeling that he will. Um, I think there's some kind of middle ground to be found here between his first season performance and last season. But I don't, I, yeah, I, I don't know how you can really justify protecting him after what you saw last year no it just did not seem like a player that you've really and prove me wrong buddy prove me wrong Abe Kubel because I would love to be proven wrong because you were fantastic in the playoff round robin two years ago a thousand years ago question mark it really does feel like that it's going to be very weird you know seeing a large group of Flyers fans again next week at the party. Like it's, I don't think I'm prepared. Yeah. I think my brain is just going to fully short circuit walking into the building. I was joking on Twitter about wearing like an orange and black hazmat suit. I mean, that might've just been a half joke. Like if I can, if there's any vendors listening that would like to sell me a breathable orange and black hazmat suit, I am in for it. Or if it has a like mini air conditioning unit that can pump it in, like I'm convinced most mascots have. I mean, that's just practical. Seems like a great idea to me. You're damn right. Absolutely. The only other guy I can see on this list that I, would, I wouldn't I would consider protecting, but I could see a lot of people in the Flyers fan base say they protect, Sam Morin. Sam Moran. However the hell you pronounce that name. The guy who's really tall and sometimes plays defense and sometimes pretends to play offense. Yeah, no. But he's the only guy who hits on this team, Maddie. He hits. <laughs> well, I, I should have looked this up and actually been prepared for this. Is he a pending free agent? What's his situation there? Does he need to? Would he actually need to be? All I know is I went on the gap friendly expansion draft tool and he was there. But I think he might be. I don't know. Let's see. Let's find out. Let's explore the world of my favorite player in the NHL, Sam Morin. Answers in real time, gang. 
This is always my favorite part of the show when I look stuff up. <laughs> I know everybody's very excited. I should get some music for it. Oh, that would be so good. Let's see. I don't think... Yeah, you might be right. I think he... It doesn't really matter. Nobody's picking them anyway. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I don't know. We keep going back to this well. And I, I want him to succeed, but I just know he's not going to. Yeah. Uh, I Honestly, I don't <laughs> really have anything to add there. You know, I think you said it perfectly. Um, he's a UFA. I, it's official. Okay. But Nolan Patrick's also... In, well, RFA's different, so never yeah. mind. Protect Carson Twerensky. That's where I'm at. Let's do that. Ugh. <laughs> that's it. It's just, ugh. Just deep, deep apathy. You cannot let Samuel Morin go. You never know where he's going to play in the lineup. He might smash a guy to bits. He might get smashed to bits. It's always fun. Nobody knows how it's going to end up. It's like a game of Russian roulette here. <laughs> Bravo. Bravo. Now, looking at the entry draft, the, the there's two drafts next week to make this as confusing as possible. So that's just great work on the NHL's part. They couldn't separate these things by like a week or something. No, no, no. One week. Let's just hammer it out. Yeah, absolutely no breaks for anybody. Good luck with that, fam. <laughs> July 23rd, though, is going to be the NHL draft. I know a number of people... Kelly Hankel included are hoping that the Flyers just don't even draft a player. They just trade it and it doesn't matter who, but as long as the trade is made for a real NHL player, that will be sufficient. And I, I get that argument, but at the same time, if there are no good deals to be made, then don't do it, but we'll see. Uh, regardless, we have to prepare ourselves for both eventualities. And at this point, are you, I don't know what you're hearing. Maddie, but are you expecting the Flyers to draft? And if you do, do you know any inkling on what position they're focused on? Uh, well, they gave us absolutely nothing in that presser, so that was fun. <laughs> we are going to make hockey decisions. Thanks, Chuck. Yeah, I, Fletcher definitely alluded to the uh, the first round pick being in play for a trade, but didn't feel super solid either way uh whether they were going to actually make a trade or whether they were going to make the pick um if i had to guess they're gonna end up making the pick um and they didn't really indicate what position they are hoping for uh or hoping to kind of prioritize uh i think somebody asked brent flair about that and he's like you know there's a lot of good defensemen at the top of this draft class a lot of good forwards. There's some goalies too. Like that's that's super helpful. Thank you for that. There are hockey players involved. Guys who skate on the ice. There sure are players here. Get ready. <laughs> well, I looked at I, I actually meant to go and look at a bunch of mock drafts and I, I looked at one. <laughs> no, two, technically, because I looked at the SB Nation one. But in the SP Nation one, Broad Street Hockey went ahead and traded our pick for Matt Dumba from the Minnesota Wild. So, I mean, that's that's certainly a possibility of something that could happen. I'm not so sure it's going to happen now that they went and bought out Parise and Suter, but it, it's still certainly on the table. Yeah, the Wild definitely had to go and uh, crush our mock draft dreams, didn't they? 
That's what they do. They crush dreams, as Chuck Fletcher will tell you, as the former Minnesota Wild GM. Hey, yo. I don't think... See, crushing dreams, though, is, is too offensive of a thing for Chuck to do. Like, that's like putting sugar on his cornflakes. It just ain't happening. <laughs> Sounds like a risky move. Might throw off my whole day. Mm. Well, the single <laughs> mock draft I checked out... Listen, I'm a busy man, guys. I'm a busy man. The single mock draft I checked out had... Adam Kimmelman and Mike G. Morial, and I just horribly, or I apologize if I horrifically mispronounced that, but that's what I'm going with. Kimmelman picked Mason McTavish, and pronouncing the McTavish part made me say Mason, so there we go. (laughs) We're doing great. From Peterborough, Kimmelman said the forward was one of the more impressive players at the U18s. After a solid tenure in the Swiss League, McTavish blends a skilled game with feistiness. Oh, feistiness is very much a word the Flyers like. He showed strength in battles along the boards and a willingness to stand his ground in front of the opposition net. Yeah, I um, I think I did the uh, profile on McTavish for BSH, and as I was putting that together... Uh, a word that kept coming up in a lot of the reports was like plays an aggressive style plays a heavy game and i'm just like oh baby the flyers are gonna love that or at least fans are gonna be all over that that is such a flyers fan like description of a perfect player and just the opposite of what the flyers need right now like i want speed i want as much speed as you can possibly find in the league yeah, hard agree there. Now, uh, that said, I, I do like McTavish. Uh, that said, I actually wouldn't be surprised if he was not on the board by the time the Flyers pick. I mean, this is going to be a super weird draft anyway, and it's just going to be maximum chaos, I feel. Well, nobody got to do any scouting, right? Like this, Because there weren't that many games played at the minor level because of COVID. Yeah, and like... Guys like McTavish had to go over and play in Europe, or some did at least. So it's just like everything's sort of all over the place there. It's a weird one. Right, because then you're also looking at a different level of play. You're looking at just like... like Because it's harder to gauge guys. Like You can kind of gauge what the, the regular level of talent is when you're looking at say, you know, Canadian under 18 league or something. But then when you're over in Europe, when you're over in like the KHL or something, it's just a whole different level. There's so many other factors to consider. Yeah. And add into the mix that I think everything this year, mostly everything was, uh, was video scouting. Mostly guys couldn't get out to see a lot of these players in person. So it's, uh, (laughs) interesting. That's for sure. And I'm sure in the video scouting, it was just just pristine streams coming into people. Definitely not blurry and like bad cameras in the corner of the arena. Oh, yeah. Just prime product. I mean, if you were scouting any of the the three players playing in the Big Ten, uh, you would be golden because their feeds are outstanding. I can say from tracking them, but yeah, probably pretty much everything else. Not awesome. <laughs> right. Like every time I feel, I, I try to get like an AHL feed and they, not all the time when I try to get an AHL feed, like every time the phantoms come on like service electric and I get it on my cable, I'm delighted and it's pretty nice looking, but there's so many times where I'll try to watch like a minor league game through like a stream or something. I'm like, I can't tell what's going on at all. Yeah. And even it's kind of a crapshoot depending on 
which arena they're playing in. Like even some of the the AHL feeds are really not good. Honestly, <laughs> somehow mine and Brad from the site's uh, text conversations got leaked. It was just be an astounding amount of complaining about how bad the feeds are while we're trying to track data. Can you see? Did you see that play? I didn't see anything. That's all it is. Like, why is the lighting so weird? I can't. I can't read that number. They're showing a replay. Play is happening. I have no idea what's happening. Is there any other sport that is affected by weird lighting to the degree that hockey is? It's crazy. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's just so weird. Like, there's some rinks the Flyers play in, and I can't remember some of them offhand, but, like, where you'll be looking, and it's just, like, they're blinding the ice with the lights, and you have to sit there and just fiddle with all your settings on your TV until you can make out anything. And it's just, like, why? Why is there not just one uniform lighting across the league? Like, this is fine. I think I have a screenshot somewhere on my computer of one of the Binghamton Devils games where one of their cameras was just super sepia-toned, for no reason. And it was the weirdest thing. Well, that's what you get from the Devils. They can't do anything right. They're just a just trash organization, and that's what you get. That's true. <laughs> just can't win with the New Jersey Devils at the end of the day. What else do you expect? What else do you expect? Nothing good. Nothing good. The other mock pick on this from Morial was Cole Sillinger, Sioux Falls, U.S. HL. He is a skilled offensive player with great release on his shot, a high hockey IQ, an excellent vision and playmaking ability. See, that that sounds a lot more like the kind of player I'd like, and that oh, the Flyers love that freaking hockey IQ. They like guys with that hockey intelligence. They sure do. And I'm a big fan of Sillinger. I think he's kind of at the top of my list of guys I would hope they could grab at 13 uh he's definitely got one of the best shots in this draft class and that's probably the most exciting bit about his game imagine if the flyers had two players who could shoot the puck they had wade allison and cole sillinger i think the universe would just implode on itself (laughs) now cole sillinger is that mike sillinger's son uh i think so i think so yeah Okay, okay, Mike Sillinger, briefly part of the the Leclerc-Lindros line, so he had that going for him, and uh, definitely a, a pretty decent fill-in flyer in the late 90s, so I, you know, pretty good, pretty good player right there. I can appreciate some continuity. I gotta say, though, Mike Sillinger has, I just looked him up on Wikipedia, he has an impressive list of teams he played for. <laughs> this is almost half the league played for. <laughs> Detroit Red Wings, Mighty Ducks of Anaheim, Vancouver Canucks, Philadelphia Flyers, Tampa Bay Lightning, Florida Panthers, Ottawa Senators, Columbus Blue Jackets, Phoenix Coyotes, St. Louis Blues, Nashville Predators, New York Islanders. Whew! What a list. It's impressive. Yeah, like I almost got whiplash from listening to that. I almost tried to read that faster, but if I did, it would have just been incomprehensible. I would have started slurring words. It would have been bad. (laughs) a valiant effort all the same i love a good legacy player let's get him in here let's let's bring him home boys absolutely you did mention uh wanting the flyers to get a speedy player um not mentioned on those mock drafts uh 
but would certainly fit that bill is uh, Fabian Liesel. Uh, uh, that's kind of his thing. He's uh, he's quite fast. Uh, really, really outstanding playmaker. Um, he is kind of my number one, who I'm hoping that the Flyers can get. Um, that would be a fun one as well to add into the mix. I love that. Give me any speed on this team. Like, there are guys that probably aren't even that fast by NHL standards on this team that I call fast just because in comparison to the rest of the Flyers, that's very fast to me. Yeah, the bar around here is just really so low at this point. It's a very slow bar. Because, like, like Sean Couturier is not known for his speed. He is not a fast player. Claude Giroux is just more of a, like, just some of the best hands in the league. But, you know, he's not slow, but he's not fast. Kevin Hayes definitely isn't fast. Yeah, and they, uh don't really have anybody in the pipeline who's just an absolute burner. So it's not like they have some guys waiting in the wings there who can bring that. So uh, to to add some of that to the pipeline with this draft would be pretty huge for me. I'll be honest. I can't even remember the last time the Flyers had an absolute burner. Yeah. I'm thinking about it. No, I've got absolutely nothing. I can't think of anybody. I can't, I'm sure there's going to be like an obvious one that somebody will bring to me tomorrow. And it's like, duh, Steve, how could you forget this guy? But I can't think of anybody. I feel like the Flyers have always been a medium speed team. Downright slow sometimes, especially in the, the 2000s. But like normally fast for the Flyers is a guy like Simone Gagne, who's not really like a fast guy or Mark Recchi, you know, like not necessarily like fast, fast, but like, you know, they're quick. Yeah, it just it feels like it's a lot of hoping for or to pick up guys who can play with pace more so than just raw speed. And I, like I said, certainly would not hate a little bit more of that. Like, how about instead of getting a guy who doesn't know how to skate, the Flyers get a guy who doesn't know how to stop? Mm. You may be on to something here. Just like Mighty (laughs) Ducks 2. You got to teach him how to stop. And that's the key. (laughs) Perfect. Well, I would love to see some speed. Is there anybody else that you've got your eye on for the Flyers pick that you would be uh, not not unhappy if they picked up? Mm, My pipe dream, I increasingly don't think it's going to happen, but I'm still going to put it into the universe. Uh, I would still love to see if they could get uh kent johnson who was at university of michigan this year uh super super fun player uh probably the best playmaker of this top prospect group um i like him a lot but i think he's probably gonna go around eight or nine to vancouver whichever one they have but uh he's a guy who i think i could see teams sort of talking themselves out of picking and then falling because of that, because he's very skinny and is probably always going to be on the smaller side there. And we've definitely seen that scare some teams in the in the past here. But uh, he is my personal favorite, but I don't know if that's actually like a realistic thing to hope for. Um, but I would say Lee Sell and Sillinger are kind of my top guys, realistically. 
not quite consolation prizes, but they you'd be happy to see them at that yeah, point. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, it should be an interesting draft. I'm hoping for a lot of moves. I'm hoping this flat cap just drives these NHL GMs nuts, and then Brock Besser falls right into the Flyers' laps, and we're all happy. <laughs> and we can pick up a defenseman. Wouldn't that be great? Oh my God. I just want... I want some speed and I want this defense problem solved. That's, that's all I want to just give me a nice vet at the top to play with Provorov. That's all I want. All I want is a top right side defenseman. Is that too much to ask for? Just give me a unicorn. It really is not. And yet. Just, we, we had it. We had Matt Niskanen for that one year and he was so good. And then he's like, I have had enough of this shit. Thank you. (laughs) Have a nice day. Good day, sir. Understandable, but also come back, please. Pretty please. We'll even take your eh, little bit over the top cap. It, you know, it's a little much, but eh, you know, they got to overpay at this point. They're the Flyers. They got to overpay. Yeah. At this point, fine with it. Absolutely fine with it. All right. Well, lastly, I have one piece of news I wanted to bring up and this is this is barely hockey news because I this is barely a hockey team and the guy I'm talking about is such a caricature of himself at this point that he's barely a hockey person. But Pierre Maguire, Doc! Pierre Maguire's got a new job, Doc. He's going to be with the Ottawa Senators. After years, years of hearing about Pierre Maguire rumored to go back into hockey, hopefully as the Pittsburgh Penguins GM, that sadly never happened, the Ottawa Senators have decided, let's bring Pierre into the fold because he's going to save us from ourselves. I just, I still don't think that I've fully processed that. Man, that just really is the hockey man move to end all hockey man moves. <laughs> it truly is. And it's like, okay, I know Pierre Maguire knows everything about every hockey player from birth to death like he's seen their futures and he knows how it's going to play out he's just the man at the end of time but i don't understand why anybody would think he's actually a good front office guy no and they brought him in as what in a player development role like is he going to creep everybody out like nobody wants to play for Ottawa already this is just going to make it worse yeah it's definitely not good and like they've been doing not like stellar recently, but I would say pretty well with their drafting. Uh, they've definitely got some prospects. Um, I don't know that I <laughs> would be trusting Pierre Maguire to be the one to develop them. Uh, but we uh, we'll see how that goes. Just creeping every player out pregame, just coming down and screaming in their face. Hey, I saw you were ha- hanging out in uh, Hearst, Ontario. Oh my god. You know, Claude Giroux's from... Oh, please stop. Nearby Hearst. Leave me alone, sir. Nearby Hearst. Only, what is it, eight hours away? We discovered, but not... It's not close. Claude Giroux's not going there. Give it up. (laughs) Just had to circle back. I will never, like, not love Ottawa Senators fans trying to generate a trade for Claude Giroux just based on the fact that he's from a town that's not close to Ottawa. (laughs) That's the crazy thing about Canada, though, is because it's like 
you've only got like a few giant cities there that like anything remotely close kind of ends up as like nearby and it's not really like i remember at one point hearing that like sudbury was near toronto because my friend moved to sudbury and i said oh i could come up to toronto and visit he's like well you go to toronto and then it's a four hour drive north (laughs) and i said i will not be seeing you anytime soon (laughs) nearby is relative apparently apparently it is it's a huge landmass, and people do not think about it. <laughs> but that just shows the show. Americans know absolutely nothing about Canadians. That's nothing about Canada at all. I wish I had thought about this earlier. We should put together a like a Canadian geography quizzo or something for like well, one of our future situations. I might. I might be working on something for next Friday. Hint. So maybe I could throw a few questions into the mix for this thing I may or may not be working on. Hmm. Hmm. That's intriguing. Nobody will win anything on that. But the problem (laughs) is, instead of me looking up, like, fun factoids on the flyers, this would instead be me looking up Canadian geography, which sounds very dry. (laughs) Just getting sucked into, like, a rabbit hole of Google Maps Canada. Well, can you believe that Montreal is only X amount of kilometers away from Vancouver? Has to be kilometers. Has to be kilometers. Has to be, you get in your Mazda of Toronto and, sorry, I'm still obsessed with this. I used to work for MLB TV and whenever I would get Toronto Blue Jays games, I would have to monitor. So for every game, I would have to monitor TV and radio feeds and you get local advertisements every time you do that and the the mazda of toronto ad cracked me up every time because it's pronounced mazda toronto (laughs) and they'd say come down to mazda toronto and i just laughed every time i heard that because it's just just growing up it's always been mazda and to hear mazda and you know that goes along with the pasta and all that i just I, it's very funny to me, but you know, that's, I get there's accents. We say water here in Philadelphia. We say water, but it doesn't make any sense. I, I fully realize that pasta makes no sense to me. Yeah. Canadians probably think the greater Philadelphia accent is just unbelievably cursed. You I'm know what? pretty sure I don't blame you. the entire United States is there with them right now after watching Mayor of Easttown, <laughs> just not understanding what anybody said. I haven't watched it yet. Is it really? like? Oh, my God. It's so they go for it. Not everybody goes for it. Right. But like Kate Winslet goes for it. Evan Peters actually does a a great job with it. I was actually really impressed with the job Evan Peters did with it. He did a fantastic job. And a lot of the cast just kind of like heard about the O thing and went with that they did get some of the well i I think a lot of the writers were from around here so they did you know there there were things they picked up but sometimes they really like leaned hard into it where like you see an unbelievable amount of like wawa like hoagie wrappers and bags in that (laughs) in that show just an unbelievable amount but evan peters does a great job with the accent kate winslet does a pretty good job she's trying her best that's for damn sure she really is going for it but they they really they dial back on the like on the hems and stuff like that oh 
yeah, it's a lot of filio right there, which I, I didn't even know was a thing until I went to college and my broadcasting teacher said, well, we got to get rid of your filios. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I, I don't, I, I can't even fathom what you're talking about. And it was all a struggle from there. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, it's it's actually a good show. They did a good job with it, but like the the accents are can get pretty wonky, and just the Wawa references are ridiculous. Yeah, I feel like I don't know why my brain is like this, but there's a certain level of anytime I hear a Philly accent, it's just I assume somebody's doing a bit, like if it's oh, on, yeah. like on a TV thing, like I can't register it as being sincere even though it is obviously a very real thing oh yeah it definitely i feel the same way because usually it's so over the top when they're actually doing it as opposed to you know i i hear it every day i live in the heart of south philly i i hear that shit constantly so for me it's it's pretty much like hearing nothing but to hear a show just full of it i will say the the best thing on that show local philly wise is gene smart at one point calls somebody a smacked ass <laughs> which is such an incredibly local insult the only thing that could have been better is if she called somebody a strapper because my dad says both of these things and i've never ever heard them outside of this area yeah that's outstanding like my dad was my dad while driving angrily would just be like yeah strapper He'd scream that out the window like that meant something. Like, what does that mean? (laughs) Like, literally means nothing. Oh, it's so good. But Gene Smart says smacked ass at one point, and I almost gave that, like, a standing ovation. Like, I I was like, thank you. This is the most Philly thing you could have said. (laughs) Well, and I think the other thing is, like, the Delco accent tends to be a little bit more pronounced with like the o's and such so mm-hmm. I, I think it's more zeroed in on that because it takes place entirely in delco okay in like fictional fictional delco town that so emily is from delaware county so she was kind of my guide throughout watching this i almost just want to record a podcast with her just re-watching it for all of her her commentary on different areas so we'd be watching certain scenes and she'd be like i know that place i know that place that's this very specific like like okay there we go yeah that's gonna be wild like as a viewing experience just being able to pinpoint that many spots it was pretty cool like and then there's certain areas where she's like there's nowhere in delco that's that hilly Nobody. Nowhere. Find out where that's actually filmed, Steve. So when <laughs> I'm on IMDb, I'm like, okay, I think this part was filmed in Phoenixville. She's like, that makes sense. That checks out. <laughs> Not in Delco. <laughs> the only thing that didn't ring true, I didn't see anybody stabbing each other over to death, uh, to death over pizza place selections. So that's the only thing that didn't ring true. Mm, missed opportunity missed opportunity that's actually mayor of east town season two is the pizza place wars <laughs> gotta save some of the content actually it's true you gotta save something for season two come on that's just smart writing Ah, <laughs> oh, well gang that's all we got for you and it was plenty tonight but it's nice to be back and if you have any feedback for us the best place is on twitter maddie i know you said this a lot recently but where can people find you on twitter for feedback and such uh, I am at 
my name, Madeline Campbell, but it's C-A-M-P-B-L-L, like I said last time. My name is too long Twitter for Twitter. Twitter couldn't fit it. It's <laughs> too long a for Twitter. tragedy. It is tragic. I, Whenever I have to, like, at you or I'm filling it in for, like, the post or something, I'm always just, like, insulted on your behalf. Right? Like, who is Twitter's manager? I would like to speak to your manager. I think we all have to at Jack in unison tomorrow and say, give Maddie her extra letter. Give her the full name. I deserve it. You do deserve it. You absolutely deserve it. Come on. You're doing all the hustle for BSH out there. You deserve it. Thank you. You were so draft coverage wise, obviously you've been writing prospect pieces, anything else you'd like to plug while you're here, anything you're going to be working on for the next week that people should take a look out for. Uh, just more of the same. Uh, we're wrapping up the draft board. Um, I think if I have my math right, that'll take us right up to expansion draft day. And then just a little bit more wrap up stuff as we hit the actual draft. So yeah, that's, uh, the draft is taking over my life here, so that's uh, <laughs> going on for another week. Well, you're almost done. You're almost done with it. We're just a week away, and then you'll be done with it. And then you get nice, relaxing summer, and then back to Flyers hockey. We'll see. I don't know, because they've got uh, the summer showcase after that, which I'll probably do something with, which I'm excited about. That's going to be... I like that. That's an exciting time for me every year. I don't know. Um, I don't know if we're getting a development camp this year, but that might be coming up. We'll see. So they still things are trial happening. At the aisle? Hmm? Trial at the aisle still happening? Ugh. Are we going to be shitting the beach? TBD. <laughs> Shit in the beach. Always my favorite. It, it truly never gets old. It's got to be... At least for Flyers Twitter, it has to be like the best all time Flyers tweet. Shit the beach. Like that's up there with some of the best Tim Panaccio and Sam Carcidi tweets of all time. Shit the beach is right there. Yeah, I I can't think of a single single better one. So top of the list for me. Top of the list for me too. Shit the beach. All time Flyers tweet right there. I just <laughs> lost my train of thought. There we go. <laughs> I will edit that in post. All right, you can follow me at Flyperbole or at Estebomb, but for hockey, make it Flyperbole. Follow BSH Radio, follow Broad Street Hockey. There's a Flyperbole Instagram. There is not a Flyperbole TikTok, but there is a Broad Street Hockey TikTok if you're into the ticking and the talking. That is how you can tell I am old as dirt. All right, all right, all right. Folks, thank you so much for listening. Come out to the party next week. It's going to be a great time. I might have a podcast out before then. Uh, we'll see. It depends on a lot of factors, mostly how busy I am with my day job. All right, folks, thank you so much for listening. And until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Oh, wow. Wow. I didn't say wow and Loki. <laughs>